0: Hello and welcome back to the FEZ Show. It is the 30th of June and we have so much to talk about today with potential driver swaps and some information regarding Pascal Wehrlein and the story about that with him leaving Mahindra. And we've also got some juicy information on the Gen 3 format. And with me today to talk about all this stuff over the next half an hour is William Dodds and Jack Pickering. Morning, boys. Morning.
1: Morning, Jack. Morning, Jack.
0: How is everyone? Jack, that beard is growing.
2: Yes, yes, it's a, it's a great big bushy beard uh, now. But uh, uh, yeah, I this is this is what's going to happen. I said, uh, I said at the start of lockdown, well, I gave my brother two options to start a lockdown. I go for the lockdown haircut or I don't shave, don't have a haircut until the end of lockdown. I'm going to look like a tramp when I go back to uni in September.
0: But by September, lockdown would have finished, so you could have had a haircut and a shave.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's when I'm going to do it. That's when I'm going to do it.
0: Man, I'm, I'm not looking forward to seeing what that looks like by the time September comes. Mine is like, I shaved mine last week, but I, I wanted to shave it before the show, but I've been so busy that I've just completely forgotten. This is March. This well, is March. Not too bad. Will, I can't see your beard at the moment, so I don't think you had one when I saw it, so fair play. But um, let's talk formulary, because that's what we're here for, not beard talk, although beard talk is pretty interesting um neo so this was actually quite obvious and i was thinking about this the other day actually about marching Well, obviously um was in the neo magazine so you can obviously have a read about that um later on but at the moment you know he might not be coming uh back basically uh will because obviously he's in china so there you know maybe travel restrictions um are stopping him from obviously getting across to germany for the final few races so there are there is talk amazingly that daniel apt or nelson pk junior could be in the car how did you react to that when you heard that this morning
1: um i think firstly as much as i'm a huge fan of nelson Piquet jr and it'd be great to see him back in formula e i think that it's obviously difficult and sad for margin quiet this is the situation that he finds himself in and he can't race obviously we don't want anyone to not be able to race in formula e because of the pandemic or geographical or logistical so that is a real shame and that you don't want to see those kind of things get in the way of driver racing, so that's um, something that I hope won't be an issue. But if it does turn out to be an issue, um, yeah, I think that those are probably two names that you think were obvious in terms of being linked with uh, the Neo seat. Um, obviously, PK has a, has a history with the team, and also um, with with regards to APT, he's obviously someone with a lot of very recent Formula experience, so. Yeah, they're kind of two names you'd expect, but also either of them would be a huge shock, given what has been going on with APT and also given the way that uh, PK left the sport in the first place. So yeah, super exciting. Uh, real shame for Marching And Actually, hopefully he is able to race. But if either of those were to come in to replace him, that would be that'd be really exciting.
0: I have a feeling, Jack, that this is now Neo's way of trying to actually replace Marching One. Now, in the In the magazine article, he did hint, right, that, and obviously, again, you can go and read that at some point. Um, He did hint that he wanted to go back to touring cars. And there is, you know, a link or a rumor that he might be going back to touring cars in the future. So he might not finish the season because of logistical reasons, but then not come back at all. So potentially we could have Nelson Pico Jr. and Daniel App fighting for that season seven spot Neo.
2: And yeah, I think I I, I think that's I think that's so cool. Just to uh, just have Daniel and Nelson PK Jr. Obviously, I might be a little bit biased. It was the five-year anniversary of um, Nelson actually winning the um, uh, winning the title in Batsy Park, and uh, yeah, I thought I'd uh, shove that on screen. I've I've had it for five years now, which is insane. But um, but yeah, uh, (laughs) (laughs) keeps a pizza box for five years. I know. It's signed (laughs) by Nelson PK
0: Jr. I'm surprised. Yeah, it's signed by Nelson. I'm yeah, no, I've kept it in my drawer for five years. I'm surprised it's the first it hasn't been framed and put up on on yeah. your wall or something.
2: No, yeah, no, but um, uh, yeah, I, I, I have a lot of respect for Nelson. I think he's a fantastic driver. Um, I'd love to see him back in Formula E. Yes, he didn't leave the sport on the best terms because um, Mitch was just doing so much better than him, uh, at Jaguar at the time. However, maybe this is this is what um, this is what is needed for uh for him i'd love to see him back in the spot i think daniel Aps is that is might be a more might might be an easier option because he's already in germany which is logistically perfect and also he is a he is a berlin specialist he's won on that track before and and he's always gone well around it so it so it might be a better idea to go for daniel but uh i've, I've also heard the name tom dillman be thrown around um but yeah no i uh, I do feel a bit bad for Ma. However, his performances, not just this season, but overall in Formula E, they haven't been stellar. And so, to see to see maybe Daniel Lap, see what he can do in that car, maybe bring back Nelson. I think it'll be a good good move for Neo.
0: Let's talk about Nelson, will? Because P K Junior, right? Even in the end, we go green film, It's all about winning, right? It's all about winning. It's all about being the best. And I just don't see this. If he does come to Neo, let's say he does come back, right? It doesn't feel like a PK move. That car is really bad, like really slow. And he's going to probably be at the back of the grid. Probably will only gain a couple of positions, maybe through skill. But I just, I didn't think PK would be interested in that.
1: I think I think the the deal with PK that you probably need to remember is that like he he is kind of. Something of an irrelevance now in terms of kind of the major rungs of European racing and uh, international racing, and this could be his only opportunity to get back into, you know, a, a top level Formula E seat or something kind of, uh, well, German championship or whatever, whatever his ambitions are. This could be kind of a route back into it. Um, you know, even though as you mentioned, the Neo has been really struggling in the races. Turvey's actually put in some really impressive performances in qualifying. So maybe the best way for Piquet to, kind of, to kind of remind everyone of how quick a driver he is at his best is, you know, get that Neo, put it in Super Bowl a couple of times. It doesn't matter if he goes backwards in the race. People are going to start talking about Nelson Piquet Jr. again and being like, this is a good driver. So whether that transpires into uh, a Neo driver for Season 7 or potentially even, you know, someone else giving him a go in Formula E or elsewhere, I think it's just his best opportunity to kind of re-establish and remind people of how good a driver he can be at his best.
0: Of course, like he is a season one champion, it's a big pull, Jack, for for Nelson PK Jr. to be in the series. Like I think he is semi missed in a sense because obviously we do have all the champions on the grid apart from PK at the moment. But do Neo need him? Like, let's think about it. Do Neo need PK simply because the direction that he could probably bring the team forward going into season seven he could be an, and we've we've done features on it before saying like PK is probably the best driver for dragon to help them move forward like he's got so much experience and there's so much knowledge that he's built up over this time in formula e that i reckon he could come in and he could help neo move forward and the main reason he left is because they weren't moving forward quick enough but maybe now he could put himself back and help them move forward and catch up
2: well yeah quite possibly um uh I believe that the whole the the, the whole Nelson Neo thing. I mean, he he went to Jaguar very last minute, and initially Jaguar worked out pretty fine. He was running fourth or fifth in the championship uh, when we got to um, uh, Punta del Este, and then just he had a rotten seed. I don't think he finished the race after it. But um, but yeah, I think that um, uh, I think that it would be fantastic to um, I think it'd be fantastic to have him back uh in Formula E, yes, the Neo isn't the car really to be in. But maybe if may, maybe if he pushes it in the right direction then and, and as Will said, maybe get a, an odd super pole here and there, show show his potential. Maybe um well I, I, I'm I'm not sure what direction um Shang Racing who own Neo want to go in, whether they're gonna go through uh a new development phase. Um uh, get um uh, and and get a different powertrain other than the dragon for next season, but I think that would be a good idea from them. But maybe that maybe that could be the start. Maybe bring Nelson back in, and he might be able to bring them back to the, at least the midfield
0: of Formula E. Cause that's the thing at the moment though, which is really interesting. Will is Daniel App. Because on stream apparently the other night, Daniel App said that he had a piece of paper on his desk that he needed to sign. And now that this story has come out that Daniel Apt is one of the main drivers that could be in that Neo C, could that piece of paper on his desk that he needs to sign be that Neo drive?
1: I mean, it could be. If if Neo know for certain that Margin Kvar can't race in Berlin, then Apt is obviously one of the first names that they would look at in that he's got the relevant formulary experience. You know. PK could be just a case of people kind of putting kind of one on one together and just making an assumption. Um, but also, there, there are many other things that Apt could do. Maybe, maybe he's going to DTM. Uh, although, obviously, that's probably not going to be with with Audi after what happened. Um, you know, there there are lots of things that he could be doing. And you know, it's now been a few weeks since uh, the thing happened with race a home challenge and maybe he's just looking to get back on with his career and, uh, you know, find his next seat. So yeah, sure. It could be, it could be the agreement to go with Neo, but also, you know, there's, there's lots of other opportunities for him out there, I'm sure. And maybe it's just about one of them being on, on the table right now.
0: Because I think at the moment, Jack, that, yeah, what Will said earlier in the show was, don't that makes sense. He's in Germany. Right, so there's no logistical battle to get him there. He just needs to hop on a train, hop on a car, and boom, he's there. Right. Whereas with PK, he's in Brazil. Pretty sure he's in Brazil right now. I think from the Inside Electric interview that we dissected a couple of weeks ago that he is, um, he is in Brazil. So I think it makes sense maybe for Daniel App to be the man that does drive for Neo going into season uh, the end of the season. But maybe PK is the one that they're thinking of for season seven.
2: Well, uh, quite possibly. I thought um, I said a, f- a few weeks ago when the whole app fiasco kind of escalated, I said that we probably wouldn't see Daniel Aptill about season eight. Wait for it to calm down. And I'll be honest, I haven't heard much about it the last few weeks, and so uh, uh, and so maybe it is kind of time to maybe have have him have a go in the in the Neo. He won't get that good results, but he is probably the best person for that drive. In terms of, um, in terms of not just logistically, but also, uh, also as, um, also with Formula E experience, he is probably the best person because he is, he has competed in every race and is one of the last five I think drivers to compete in every race. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think apt, is a sensible option for Berlin. I'd be surprised if they want to bring Nelson back for a full season. Uh, I, obviously, I'd love to see that, but considering how his before like his performance towards the end of his time at Jaguar, um, I'd, I'd, I'd and and the fact that the neo car isn't there, if if if, if Racing do announce like a partnership with another man with another manufacturer as a customer team, sure, but apart from that, I can't see the appeal for Nelson, um, and. And for and for the end of this season, as, as as we've alluded to, Daniel Apt is probably the best option for Berlin.
0: Yeah, but for me, PK, right, I think it would be like as Will said earlier, right? You've got to put himself back on the map, right? And I reckon him coming into near, even if he comes in season six or he starts season seven, maybe that fresh look away from the series has given him that time. Because watching that and we go green film, you forgot how good Nelson PK was in season four and then how bad it went just through bad luck him making mistakes and you know you make one mistake and it leads into another and it led into another and it was just like a spiral effect for nelson pk jr and he just got out of control um and i suppose and that's why you know jaguar had enough and probably he had enough of all the bad luck and everything that was going on with him so i think you know a season now away a season a bit away from the sport and the series it might be a good time for him to come back and say, look, I'm still here. I'm still season one champion for a reason. And I've still got something to prove in this series. And I think, you know, it doesn't even have to be Neo. I think he's a, he's a contender for for any seat on there. But Daniel Apt, for me, was interesting because, Will, what a story. If he was to get kicked out by Audi, looked like his career was in tatters, looked like he was going to retire from racing anyway. That was the story. He was going to just say, you know, if I don't get a driver Audi, that's it. My motorsport career is done. And a couple of weeks later, it looks like that he could be driving that Neo car. What an amazing story that would be.
1: Yeah, it's um it really is a story that outside of the context of 2020 just makes absolutely no sense. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that I think we all agree that. While what he did was a bit silly, that potentially losing his entire motorsport career over it would be a bit much. So while I can I can see why Audi maybe felt like they should make that decision, I think it was harsh. And I think just on, on fairness, I'd like to see him potentially given another shot. Um, if the choice comes between PK and Apt, I'd rather see PK given the opportunity. I think he's got kind of more upside. But in terms of kind of the apt story as well, I would not begrudge him getting that drive. And it would be a fantastic – I don't know if it's redemption because, you know, he's he's going from one of the the top teams who, although they weren't having a great season, you know, still has the kind of race-winning potential. But nonetheless, it would be great to see him him given that chance because I think he was, you know – not mistreated but he got a bit of a rough deal with what happened in the end of Audi.
0: for me jack the last thing to talk about this topic with APT, right imagine imagine he gets that seat then you're only as good as your last race and if he does an amazing job in that neo car right in those last six races you know his career's revitalized he could sign on the contract if neo gave him a deal right to sign for season seven boom i'd sign that because Come the end of season seven, no one's going to remember that you were the driver that cheated in a virtual race at home championship. They're going to remember for the performances that you did in season seven. And all this negative publicity about APT will be forgotten.
2: Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, well, I'm hoping in 2021, everyone just forgets about uh, the coronavirus pandemic and, um, and fingers crossed, it will be over, and no one remembers what happened. Uh, I'm hoping no one remembers the race home challenge. And I'm, I'm not sure many people really want to. But um, but yeah, uh, I uh, I hope that Daniel Lap does uh, does find a seat after well after uh, after this season, regardless or not whether or whether he gets the Neo Drive. If it, if he does and he performs, then. That's going to open so many doors. We we know that there's a seat at Mahindra, um, which is which is now looking possible. But it, that depends on how well Alex Lynn does. And and yes, it, it 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 really is the case now that it could just be kind of anyone could do well in Berlin, and then they might see themselves on the grid in season seven. I, who who knows? Because, because we've had we because we've we had five races so far. And six races um, to come, it could be. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm going to say now, if Daniel laps in that Neo, he won't win the championship. But, but maybe he will. No, um, no. Sorry, I, I, the 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 Neo is just not there. It's 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 not the car at the moment. Um, but yeah, no. The the fact that anyone can still win the championship is kind of. Yeah, who knows.
1: Yeah, but that's... I think Jack makes a, a really good point kind of more broadly in that like this six race kind of like super season is just such a great possibility. Not just, you know, saying, like oh, Alex, win- Alex Lynn could still win the championship or whatever, but just in all these drivers who were struggling and could be under pressure. There's just it's just such a great opportunity for like a reset six races you know, if, if for some reason you've just really suit this track, you could kind of, like, prepare yourself to something that you previously thought was completely, like, not a possibility. So I think that's a really exciting aspect to it that I'm really looking forward to seeing.
0: So Daniel Apt could still win the championship if he is in that near car. Who knows? I'm, um, You know, you can joke all you want. But, boys, we have to move on to Mahindra. We have to move on to Mahindra because, boy, we had a little sit-down with Dilbag Gill. If you have read the story earlier on the Formula Rezone website, then you'll know what I'm about to talk about. If you haven't, stay tuned because it's interesting. Pascal Verland. So we spoke to Dilbag Gill, right? And he said he was disappointed of the way that Verlein has left, maybe a tad surprised, you know, we didn't see it coming as, as quickly as he did. Okay. But, you know, we asked the question, because if you have a look at other sports around the world right now, everyone signing who was out of contract by, you know, the end of when the normal season would have finished, you know, they said, you know, we have to sign a mini extension. You see it in football all the time, so they can finish off the season. So I put it to, I put it to Dillbagg. I said, you know, was there any contract issues? Was he running out of contract that allowed him to do this? And Dillbag Will, went, no, there was no issues with the contract. So from what we're seeing right now, it just seems like Pascal just packed up and left.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I think, something that makes the, the whole situation more fascinating is the fact that we still don't know what Verline is going to be doing next season. Um, and that is just, a, it's a really strange situation and as you say, it could just be the fact that Verline said that I'm not racing for this team anymore and I'm off. Um I, I don't really know what to make of it to be honest. Um you know there must be something within his contract or some kind of loophole or agreement that basically he can decide to do this. Maybe he's foregone wages, um, you know, maybe he's had to buy out of his own contract. I think there's Stories about some football, Spanish footballer who, who um, I think it was Pablo in you who know, plays for West Ham. I think he actually once ended up paying money to kind of get out of a contract. Um, but we don't we don't know. It's it's, it's really fascinating. Uh, and you hope for Verline's sake that he does have that seat at Porsche when all this is over, because yeah, he's put himself and Mahindra in a in a tricky situation. And uh, I can understand why Dilbag is is disappointed because he's a driver with huge potential and to see him just kind of walk out in this way must be difficult to take for the team
0: that's what i don't understand i don't understand how that sort of come about because there's obviously there's more to the story right there is way more to the story than we'll probably ever know and we'll probably have to wait years um when we do like an interview with pascal Verline, and he probably like in like five years time when he tells us you know what actually happened that day but we ain't going to find out anytime soon but Jack, the relationship between Dilbag Gill, Mahindra, and Pascal Verline, from the outsiders looked really good. Like, you know, even the race at home challenge when Verline was doing amazingly. Like, you got Dilbag willing him on. You've got, you know, Mih- Verline looks so happy to be representing Mahindra, and and then two days after the final, literally, I'm out of the door. See you later.
2: Yeah, no, it, it 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 came as a sh- it came as a massive shock um, uh, when we saw uh, when we saw it uh, uh, about a month ago now when he announced that he was leaving Mahindra, we 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 had seen the rumours that he was going to go to Porsche, and so we thought, oh, okay, there okay, he he'll leave Mahindra at the end of the season, but he actually said with immediate effect, which means that he was just out the door immediately, which was, um, which was the big shock because I think everyone just. Thought so, okay, he'll finish the races in Berlin, and then he'll go off the Porsche replacing Neil Um But no, that 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 wasn't the case. And um, so yeah, and Mahendra had to hire Alex Lynn to see out the season. Um, and yeah, I I I assume there might I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and assume that there might have been something contractual in the Porsche thing, saying that he might have had to leave um Hindre early, that's that's a guess do not take my word for it um who knows we might see in like the next week or so uh Neil Yani not partaking the final few rounds of the season and it is actually Pascal Verline in that in that second uh Porsche seat um i uh, i would have thought that we would have had an announcement beforehand but um but yeah i think the i think judging by the way this this kind of like early silly season that we've had during this pandemic has gone anything could really happen if, if if any of or if any of the other drivers want to switch teams now please say or forever hold your i don't know what the line peace, is but yeah. i think it is yeah
0: forever hold your is it peace i or i, I don't know
2: I, I, I haven't been to a wedding in a while
0: Yeah, no, no, I can't remember it either. Um, For some reason, it's peace. I'm forever hold your peace. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, but Will, I just, as I said, it's just mind-blowing, this whole situation. Even with Pascal Vellan, obviously, mentioning on Instagram, saying that he was out. Because, obviously, the stories were just coming out as, you know, speculation, rumours from, you know, places like The Race, like, saying this is probably going to happen. And then, like, it looked like, I don't know, Verline bowed down to the pressure and just said, I'm out. I like, or, or maybe there was a conversation but Mahindra didn't know and they saw that story and they were like, what's this about? And there was, like, some form of disagreement. Obviously, we're making up stuff as we go along here. But, as I said, how does a relationship go from so well? So when we speak about Tadil Bagil, and, you know, you can feel that sort of you know, a bit, dis- that disappointment, that sort of, yeah, I think disappointment is the word. When you mention Verlein's name, it used to be, you know, delightful things were said. Now, you know, he's struggling to even put a sentence about Verlein together.
1: I think that what we've got to kind of appreciate is that sport and motorsport is a short career and, you know, drivers have to do what is in their best interest or what they think is in their best interest. Um, and sometimes that does involve upsetting people that you've had a good relationship with in the past. You see it a lot in football, especially, um, when players move between teams and, you know, to force that move, sometimes they have to upset a few people who they've had good relationship with in the past. And that's just kind of part of, of how it works. And uh, it's never nice to see, but, you know, if they believe that it's the right move for them, sometimes they decide to do it. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Verlein would rather not the situation not come to this but if this is the only way that he saw himself being able to do this this deal or you know if he had a big bust up with with Dillbag and the team um over over kind of moving to Porsche then then maybe this is kind of what had to happen so yeah it, as you said this is probably something that we won't get all the details on for quite some time but uh Yeah, I'm kind of going to hold off before kind of I I point any fingers at who I think is responsible because I think this is just part of sport that, you know, sometimes these things happen.
0: And that's the thing, right? As I said, we're speculating because that's that's not what we're here to do, really. But it's just interesting because there's so many, as I said, unanswered questions. And even though we will ask those questions, we are never going to get the answers to them at any point. Right now, so we're just gonna have to find out and, and wait and see what happens with Pascal Verline. It's um, an incredible story, and as I said, a shame for Mahindra. I don't think they deserve. I don't think the deal deserve to see their star driver basically walk out the way that it appears that he's done. Um, and and obviously, you can't batter Pascal Verline from listening to this. Don't batter Pascal Verline because we don't know the story. There may be a full well easy reason. That explains why Pascal Verline left. I'm not trying to make Pascal Verline look like the bad guy, like he just got up and said, bye, deal Bag, bye, Mahindra, thank you, I'm out, and dropped the microphone, right? I'm not saying that at all, and and, and we're not here at Formula Rezone, but it's just the story is very interesting, and hopefully one day we will find out exactly what happened. But I want to move on. Final topic to talk about is Gen 3, because Jack... We're looking at fast charging. Fast charging seems to be the story, as Dilbag Gill put it to me, of Gen 3. You know, Gen 1 was about speed. Gen 2 was about battery and range. Gen 3 story is looking like it's going to be about fast charging and it could completely change the way we watch, the way we view formulary. At the moment, everything is up in the air because we could have smaller batteries. We could have pit stops during races, not just one pit stop, two pit stops. The race length could change. Anything is possible going into Jenfrey jack
2: well yeah, I think we've uh, we've we've spoken about it on the show in terms of like what what kind of layout we want it to be. We don't really want a race that's over one hour in length so 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 that mean that uh, so that mean, might mean that we're going to have a lot quicker cars that they might be able to run maybe not at three three fifty may stay in qualify for for qualifying mode, but maybe race mode will be something like three two five. Or something like that we just we just don't know yet i know for certain that um uh, that they are just going to really shake up everything um uh in in in, uh, in terms of the layout well that's what that's that's what we've heard um uh but yeah it, it, it is going to be really interesting formula e might just completely change from the end of whenever this uh, whenever gen 2 or Gen Two Evo is finishing well, i hope I hope we're still getting Gen Two Evo before we head to gen three but um uh but yeah whenever Gen three is, maybe that's two or three or four years' time um, we uh it will be a lot quicker, it will be a lot more exciting um uh and uh and yeah the uh, and yeah, maybe maybe have like maybe have the pit laneers like a fast charging bit, so they have to they have to do one kind of drive through penalty style thing during the during at some point in the race so they can actually fast charge it to uh, to to the end but yeah uh uh, regardless it's looking like fast charge fast charging is the thing for season uh, for gen 3 and it's going to be very very exciting regardless
0: so what we're looking at here is a 30 second pit stop basically that's what they're thinking 30 seconds to come in and recharge the battery and away you go you've got full charge again um it's as i said will it will completely change the way if they go with that and there is potential like Dealback was saying there is a potential that they don't use it in the race it might be used in qualifying for some reason or it might be used elsewhere but it, it, they, it can completely shake up the way Formula Re is watched and, and, and is viewed across the world
1: yeah it's super exciting um and i think that the ability to have quicker cars that can run quickly for longer is a huge opportunity for Murray. E. And you know, the more this happens, the more they get rid of these kind of slightly unfavorable uh, comparisons with other motorsport, which I think are really unfair. And I'm sure they do as well, but I think also if they can build a quicker car that can run quicker for longer, they'll be really keen on doing that. Um, one thing I am, open to is i don't think we want to go above an hour like like jack said but also i like the idea of of an hour long race with one pit stop i think that this will bring a really interesting uh, energy management side to things as well you know maybe you push really hard at the start uh try and pit early and then kind of try and eke out your second stint maybe we're going to see people kind of really trying to run long and then go really fast at the end it's going to bring some new strategy elements in which will be really interesting um, so, yeah, if they can get to a situation where you can charge fully in 30 seconds, then the the possibilities for for new strategy elements are, are really interesting. Um, I think attack mode is really great, but also an imperfect solution at the moment. And you know, we see in India this year, for example, kind of some of the flaws with attack mode and some of the kind of misunderstandings around the interpretation of the rules. So you know, if we get this this new strategy element, it could it could be really interesting. And personally, uh, the idea of of quicker cars that can run for longer, uh, for slightly uh, kind of longer races in terms of time, is really exciting to me.
0: Yeah, like as I said, the the potential is endless for this. The potential is absolutely endless, and it'd be amazing to see what happens because obviously if they don't have to build a big battery to last 45 minutes the batteries get smaller the cars get lighter therefore they're faster just naturally so it'd just be absolutely amazing but one thing i want to cl- uh, clarify jack because we've talked about this before and i've got the go back to clarify this for me so we're going into a two-year cycle now um powertrain rise to finish Gen 2. Now, Dilbakis would be... He was saying that he would prefer the hardware to continue in a two-year cycle, even going into Gen 3, um, because we've sort of reached peak hardware technology at this precise moment, whereas we can still do things with software um, that can really, you know, get the best out of the hardware. But in terms of actually building a powertrain, you know, from year on year, there isn't actually much gain you can make, but you can make all the gain on the software. So he was like, you know, two-year cycle can, can continue... But what I want to understand and make clear is that teams that are making, like Mahindra, Tech Cheetah, who are making a new powertrain for Season 7, um, will keep that for Season 8. But anyone who decides to stick with their Season 6 powertrain going into Season 7, and then make their power new powertrain in Season 8, will only use it in that Season 8 season, in the 8th season, because in the 9th season, that's when we change to Gen 3. So, if whoever sticks with their their powertrain for season six they will only get use of a brand new homologated um power unit um in season eight so i hope that makes sense
2: yeah no i think uh I, and uh i would have thought that some of the teams that have like had done really well like last uh like in this year teams like Techita would have maybe kept it for another year they haven't actually they 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 are going to make a new thing for for season seven um, but, yeah, no, I reckon that we will see quite a few teams making make new things for Season 7, and then and then maybe the odd team here and there do um, uh, do one for Season 8 or something like that.
0: Yeah, Will, I think it's just the software development. I think like, we might see a lot of teams actually make powertrains, brand-new powertrains for this season, and then just, you know, Dealbag Gill says it won't be... The competition won't stale. That was our... You know, thing that we were a bit. Will will the composition just stop? Because you know, you must be a certain point where you can't develop that car. But he said, no. The the amount of technology that we can use on software, even with a powertrain that's a year old, um, it's substantial. We can still actually make the series, and you can still actually move forward or move backwards.
1: Yeah, I could see why that's a concern from a kind of fan journalist perspective. Um, you know, you, you, there's a reason that you know we we kind of want to see these. You if you want to see the order changing, uh, we don't want to see kind of huge gaps building between the front and the back. Um, but as you, yeah, he's rightly, rightly saying, you know, there are a huge amount of things you can do. You see the difference between two teams that use the same powertrain, and there can be huge differences. So there's obviously a lot they can do, uh, as you said, with the, with software, with setup, with everything. So I, I don't think it's too much of a concern. I guess the the one thing is if you get teams forced into maybe using... Uh, the same powertrain for kind of three years, which you could, if they don't want to invest kind of going, if they're using the same powertrain as they are this season for the next two years, that could be a bit of a worry. But uh, yeah, I think that we shouldn't be worried too much about the idea of the kind of the running order becoming stale, because there's a lot you can do in in terms of software.
0: Exactly. So we've got some interesting times ahead. Boys, we're rapidly running out of time. Uh, Thank you so much for being on today. Absolutely amazing conversations.
2: Thank you.
1: Thanks very much.
0: So just a few housekeeping tips before we go. Um, Discord link in there. Come and join the conversation. So many conversations going on at the moment. Uh, We have a Patreon. If you love our content that much, feel free to support us. It helps us out massively. Please remember to like and subscribe to the channel, I suppose. And thank you so much for watching the FEZ show. We will see you very soon. Goodbye.